0: It was Canadian thinker and author Naomi Klein who said to change everything we need everyone and that in my view is an action that's being echoed throughout the climate movement. This podcast is now about three years old or almost anyway and just of late I've been frustrated in my efforts to cover various events that refer to the climate crisis or have some impact on the climate crisis and they're about helping people better understand what's going on and what's happening. The organisers appear to have some proprietorial view of their event, and that is something I respect and admire, but they see me as little more than an outside nuisance, someone who can only cause trouble and do nothing to promote the value of their event. I have the view, and I've long had the view, that you just need one person of influence to hear what you've got to say, and if that person acts appropriately, your work is done. Yes, your work is done, and so I plead with those organisations, open the door, let me in, and remember what Naomi Klein said, to change everything, we need everyone. The rant's over, and welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I'm your host, Robert McLean. This podcast is assembled here in Shepparton, in Northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Now please don't forget you should follow this podcast, because if you do that, you'll be automatically alerted every time I publish a new episode. Dear, oh dear, there's just so much going on, I can't keep up, almost beyond me. But anyway, we'll shift to a story from the Melbourne Age. The headline of that story is Australia to climate target without bold action on EVs. And the story is written by Mike Foley, and Nick Toscano. The story begins. Some of the world's biggest car companies say Australia must urgently adopt globally competitive fuel efficiency targets if it wants to boost imports of affordable electric vehicles and ensure the carbon-intensive transport sector does its fair share of contributing to legally binding climate targets. In a new submission to the Albanese government, The key industry group for electric vehicle manufacturers, retailers, importers and charging station suppliers recommends the introduction of credible and ambitious vehicle pollution limits to reward car makers for bringing more low and zero emissions vehicles into the local market and penalising those who do not. Let's go back to uh, 2022 just for a moment. We find a story written by Alistair Walsh and it has the headline, "Cartoonist Tackling Climate Change Through Web Comics. Little Subhead says, Climate change is no laughing matter, but these artists are exploring dark times in meaningful and humorous ways. The story begins. The thermometer was touching 50 degrees Celsius, and that's 122 degrees Fahrenheit, in the central Indian centre of Nagurh, as cartoonist Rowan Chakravarti spoke about how climate change influenced his work. The record-breaking heat wave, made 30 times more likely due to climate change, underscored the urgency of the topic. He is one of a number of comic artists using their comedic and creative talents to tackle inaction on climate change. Cartoons, like few other mediums, can condense complex scientific ideas into bite-sized, entertaining forms that inspire action, without being too pious, researchers and cartoonists say. Professor Mark Howard, a climate scientist from the Australian National University, was the guest just last night, or just tonight really, That's June 27, at a webinar organised by Vets for Climate Action. And in closing he gave an analogy of the climate crisis being a fast approaching train
1: um uh, you're standing in the middle of the track you've actually got a few choices you can make here so one of those choices is you can turn and face the other way and ignore it in which case the train is going to hit you and it's going to make a mess that's called climate change denial we can also stare at that train and just get paralyzed by fear um, and not knowing what to do um and that's uh also what we see, we see climate paralysis in, in some people and because it's too big and too hard and they don't know what to do. And so, um, again, it's going to hit you and it's going to make a mess. The only ways, two ways you can stop the train making a mess is if you step off the train tracks one way or the other. You can step off to the left or you can step off to the right. This is called climate adaptation. And a maladaptive response is if you step off the tracks to your left In the face of an oncoming train and you get hit by that train so you don't want to do that you actually want to take adaptive action which makes a lot of sense so which way you step off the tracks matters and the last way you can stop this train making a mess is you can try to get in the driver's seat and you can try to slow the train down by putting on the brakes or you can try to steer it if there's an appropriate sort of junction steer it to a safer place and those are the two action points Adaptation and emission reduction, and I think the veterinary profession has a role to play in both. So, thanks very much.
0: An earlier question asked Professor Heldon how he felt personally about the quickly unfolding climate crisis, and this is what he said:
1: I, I guess there's there's a personality thing, you know. So, you know, uh, glass half full, glass half empty, sort of uh, people, and so so I, I tend to start off on the optimistic side anyway. Um, Look, I, I think the, the, the cold hard analysis is that we're we're not going to meet one and a half degrees. Um, I mean, it's not impossible that we would meet it, but it's, it's highly unlikely at this point. We are going to have to deal with very significant climate changes um, uh, and that will have big impacts uh, on the things that we value, including on animals um, and their welfare. Um, but some of those impacts are manageable, um, but some of them aren't. And we need to be very aware um, uh, and clear-eyed about that that's the case. Um, we're not going to be able to remove all of the risk, no matter how good risk managers we become. So so my, my sort of perspective is I'm hopeful that we will take effective action, um, but I'm disappointed that that action won't be big enough and fast enough to actually... Uh, um, you know, avoid a lot of costs to humans, animals, and the environment more broadly.
0: Let's shift now to a story from the New York Times that has the headline, Extreme Floods and Heating China Ravage Farms and Kill Animals. The story is by Nicole Hong. And it begins. The downpour began in late May, drenching the wheat crops in central China. As kernels of wheat blackened in the rain, becoming unfit for human consumption, the government mobilised emergency teams to salvage as much of the harvest as possible. In a viral video, a 79-year-old farmer in Heenan province wiped away tears as he surveyed the damage. The unusually heavy rainfall, which local officials said was the worst disruption to the wheat harvest in a decade, underscored the risks that climate shocks pose to present... Xi Jinping's push for China to become more self-reliant in its food supply. Yes, this episode is a bit shorter than usual, but we've reached the end of this episode. Thanks so much for your company. It's been great to have you along. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And yes, I'd love to know what you think about this podcast. So please email me at r.mclean, the number seven, at iCloud.com. Yes, I'd love to know what you think about this podcast, who I should be trying to interview and what stories I should be pursuing. Also, don't forget to follow this podcast because if you do that, you'll be automatically alerted every time I publish a new episode. And beyond that, I'd love you to share this episode, share it with your friends and I implore you to do that because it's important that we all know as much as we possibly can about the climate crisis, how we should deal with it, how we should react and what we should be doing. So until we talk again, please take care.